2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
1: Good morning, everybody. Sunday morning in the Delaware Valley. I'm Glenn Macnow with my pal, Ray Didinger. Three hours today, Ray. No betting show interrupting us, which no. is nice. Always happy. Always oh, happy when we get our full allotment of three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume you had a nice brisk walk over this morning from Rittenhouse Square? I did. There you go. Good. We have a lot uh, lot to cover today. Uh, football, hoops, a couple of good guests. Mike Sealski is going to join us from the Philadelphia Inquirer, who I think is uh, one of the most compelling, if not the most compelling, columnist in our town. Zach Berman from The Athletic. Returning from Mobile, Alabama, where he was, uh, where he covered the Senior Bowl, um, and our usual uh, array of nonsense, and uh, always look forward to talking to the people. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All right, want to get some basketball and football uh, into the opening segment, Ray, as well as uh, marketing, where I will always value your opinion. So let's start with the basketball. Okay. Another day, clock. Clicking closer, NBA trade deadline Thursday. Uh, more rumors yesterday, Sixers, Minnesota, maybe making a deal. But really, all eyes on Brooklyn, where James Harden is doing his best to blow things up there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is my pronouncement, uh, Ray, and I'm hoping you're with me. I am now at the point where I would do Simmons for Harden, but I'm, I, I am not interested in sweetening it up. I am definitely not any Maxi. Uh, North Ibel to the deal. Seth Curry. By the way, he's the coach's son-in-law. So I don't think coach wants to trade him, get your daughter mad at you. Um, I read this morning that, uh, who wrote it? uh, John Hollinger of The Athletic, that a James Harden-Ben Simmons swap would save the Nets close to $40 million in salary cap and uh, luxury tax. And Brooklyn knows that they can lose James Harden, this offseason for for nothing. Right. He is not going to sign there. No. So, Ray, if I may, I would like to quote Michael Corleone here, and here you go.
0: My offer is this. Nothing. Not even the fee for the
2: gaming license, which I would appreciate if you would put up personally.
1: That's what I want Daryl Morey to say. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, Simmons. But that's it. That's the deal. Simmons for Harden. No, I enjoy playing golf, other Ray, as you know, at any opportunity I get. Mm-hmm. Simmons for Harden, no other significant pieces. If a couple of things go back and forth, that, that is fine. But those couple of things from the Sixers end cannot be substantial because, again, what leverage does does Brooklyn have here?
0: Not much. It's in, it's, it is interesting to me how um, – this super team that they thought they built a year ago has completely fallen apart in record time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody thought that the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, bringing them together, the big three. I mean, that was ticket to an NBA championship and you know, the, and the, the big picture look that they had up there was, and by the way, if we do that, we will own the big apple, not the Knicks. Mm. You know, we, we will become the big team in New York and the Knicks will be in, in second place well it didn't work out. I mean last year didn't work out and this year it's already it's already fallen apart. So, you know, sometimes these these super team mergers of talent they work out and they yield championships. We've seen that, but sometimes they can go terribly wrong and that's what's happened in Brooklyn.
1: Yeah. And it is it is also let's keep our eyes open. What could very well happen here. I I accept James Harden with real reservations. This is not the first time he's blown things up. He, he did that to get out of Houston but just two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. He got fat, hung out at strip clubs. He, he's part of the NBA soap opera that I just find really distasteful. That's part of
0: what's wrong with the league basically. It,
1: indeed he is. He's he's one of the greatest players in the league and he's a jackass. Um people want him here for the quick fix and I and I get that. You want to capitalize on this great season that Embiid is having. You don't you know, you don't want to waste Embiid's prime. But Ray, you know how it ends, right?
0: Well, you hope it ends with them winning a championship.
1: You do. And and maybe they will, which is why, again, I would do it. But I also believe that there's as good or better a chance, and this could happen certainly even if they win a championship, that eventually James Harden acts the ass here in Philadelphia. Presumably not right away, not this season, but it, maybe as soon as next year. Because he, he has shown you who he
0: is, and I think he will be that guy again. Yeah, well, it's the T.O. syndrome, you know. yeah. It's very T.O. It's very like. I mean, you knew, you knew, I knew, we all knew that when the Eagles made their deal to bring T.O. here, you were changing the uniform, but you weren't changing the guy. I mean, right. you got a, an immensely talented player who filled a, a gaping hole in the Eagles' offense, giving them um, a top-flight receiver, which they desperately needed. But you also knew the other side of it. You knew his whole history, and you knew that – Okay, he's going to come in here and you hope that he's going to be focused and give you a good year or two, but at some point that dark side of his personality is going to emerge and this thing's going to end badly. It will always end badly for guys like that. You just hope that you before that happens, you've got a championship or two to show for it. Yeah. And Harden is they're different, you know, they're different in some ways obviously, but they are basically the same guy in terms of temperament. And you take a guy like that on and you're going to have to deal with that. That's that's the inevitability of it.
1: Okay, so I mean, do you, do you agree with my basic point? Uh, are you you would take him, but Simmons is enough. That's it. And and again, what do you think? Jersey's getting all these great offers for him. Uh, Jersey, Jersey, I still do that, man. Uh, do you think Brooklyn is getting these great offers for him?
0: Um, I don't know how much. Th- there's probably other offers on the table. Just because the NBA is a wacky league. You know, people see a guy like Harden, they see a guy who's a scoring machine, and it, sometimes there's the naivete that, oh, he comes here, we'll be able to handle him. You know, he'll, he'll come here, he'll, he'll like our coach, he'll like our city, he'll like our fans, and he'll become happy. Well, no, he won't. I mean, he's, <laughs> no, he won't. I mean, he'll like the money, and he'll like the opportunity, and short-term turnaround, he might play hard, and maybe even help you win a championship. But no, I mean, the idea that he's all of a sudden going to come in and become uh, a great teammate and a And a stand up guy, mm, that's not happening because that's not what he is. I mean, if, you know, I read you the trade that was reported in the New York Daily News yesterday, which Mm -hmm. was the Sixers parting with um, Ben Simmons, um, Danny Green, and Tobias Harris for James Harden and Joe Harris and like two other like guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would would certainly, I would certainly do that.
1: Yeah. 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 Because, yes, because uh, Tobias Harris has been a huge disappointment. So, yes, I, I, I if I'm getting in James Harden, I don't really need Tobias Harris. So I would do that. But but that's it. And I would say right now on a scale of 1 to 10, I give this about a 4. I'm just
0: under 50%. What about you? Oh, of it happening? Yeah. Uh, I, I would probably nudge it up to 50-50. Okay. i would probably nudge it up to 50 50 uh i still don't think i mean some people are talking as if it's absolutely a cinch that it's going to go down and i don't i don't think that at all um, i still think it's just as likely that he's going to be here that he's going to be well here in the sense that he's on the he's on the sixers roster still uh right through the end of the season and whatever trade is made is going to be made in the off season mm, but you know I, I i would like to see this thing done just to get it done and get him out of here but I can't say that, uh, to me it makes sense, I mean, to, to move him for Harden and give yourself a better chance to win uh, and to give Embiid you know, a, that much of a better chance to take this team to a championship, yeah, I would, I would absolutely do it. I would absolutely do it. But I, would, I don't think, sitting here right now, I don't see it as any better than a 50-50 possibility because clock's ticking. I mean, you've got to get this thing done now just in a matter of a couple of days.
1: Yeah, but that's what, you know how trade deadlines work, right? That they, uh, most trades happen within 24 hours of the deadline. So we'll see. Anyway, okay. Um, we didn't talk about this much yesterday, about Brian Flores and his lawsuit against the NFL. A um, couple things here. And this is where I need Ray Dindger, genius, um, interpreter of wisdom. Uh, after taking all of one hour earlier this week to dismiss uh, fired Miami coach Mike Flores' claims as being completely without merit, Roger Goodell, your boy, Ray, sent a league-wide memo yesterday essentially saying, hey, racism is bad, Uh, and specifically saying that teams and the league, and here's the quote, must acknowledge, particularly with respect to head coaches, the results have been unacceptable. We will reevaluate and examine all policies, guidelines, and initiatives relating to diversity, equity, and inclusion, including how they relate to gender a lot of nice words, Ray. Mm-hmm. Big words. Went to college for those words.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is what's that all about?
0: Uh, reversing his field. Reversing his field. How come? Uh, oh, well, I I mean the the first thing that the league said was Flores, Flores uh files his files his papers. Uh and um, immediately the NFL's response is without merit. That's what they said. That was their first reaction. Right. Uh, and there was, predictably and justifiably, an immediate pushback by fair-minded people that said, what are you talking about without merit? And, and then everybody began weighing in on it. The newspaper columnists, the TV commentators, the pundits, not just sports people, but news people and people all across the country saying, what are you talking about? There's not without merit. you got 32 teams. you got one African-American head coach. You don't think there's a problem there? And so this mounted and mounted, and then finally somebody went into Roger's office and said, "Hey, you know, Raj, we, we, we got to come out with another statement here. We're getting killed on this." And so that's when he and the PR office and the lawyers and all sat down and they drafted this, you know, this this other response. That's just a lot of just a lot of words, really. Mumbo uh,
1: jumbo is that the official definition?
0: Yeah, basically, you know, which is just what It kind of sounds good, and it sounds like there's concern. Um, but what does it mean? I mean, this is the same commissioner who uh, just a little while ago came out and and talked about after the George Floyd thing, and we had other yeah, that summer of terrible times here in America and this kind of racial reckoning that we came to. That Roger came out and said, you know, Colin Kaepernick was right. You know, Colin, Ka- right. we, we you know we we really we did him a disservice. You know, we, we understand, Colin, we're sorry. You know, they basically apologized to him directly. We're sorry. You know, we, we now understand what you were talking about. Um, the idea of racial justice um, in this country, yes, it has to be addressed. And, you know, we, we did you a disservice because what you were saying, you, had, you were totally justified in saying it. Sounded good at the time, but <laughs> what happened? Is Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL? No, sir. Colin Kaepernick get into any train any training camp, even pick up a ball, get a chance to make a team. Not a no, no. I mean, so it was it was just words then, and pardon me for sounding cynical, but I think it's just words now.
1: Yeah, um, there is a second aspect to this, which, and I I don't want to minimize the first because that's it's it's critical to a league. It's critical to any business, but particularly in a league where 70% of your players are African-American, if you have one black coach, you 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 got got a real problem. Uh, But the other aspect of this, to me, could be more legally troubling for the league, which is the allegation that Flores made that Stephen Ross uh, had a bounty that he offered Flores to lose games. Now, I, I I, I don't know, Ray. Here's the thing. If Flores doesn't have real evidence of this or made it up, it undermines everything else in his lawsuit. It Mm -hmm. just sinks his credibility. And why would his lawyer let him do that? Why would he do that? Why would his lawyer let him do that? On the other hand, I mean, are we really to believe that the owner of the Dolphins is so dumb as to, one, offer a guy a bribe to lose games, and two, leave a smoking gun of some sort, right? I mean, there's got to be text message emails recorded calls something because Ross faces not just expulsion from the league I would hope but potential criminal liability it is it is there is the sports bribery act which you can go to jail if you do this kind of thing so i somebody's really stupid here and i don't know if it's Flores or Ross but i i just think Flores Sitting down, figuring out his strategy with lawyers would not just concoct something like this because it it destroys everything he's trying to do,
0: yeah, it does because that'll become that'll become the bigger story, and it probably shouldn't yeah um I mean no one can argue against his larger point, which is that there's a real problem here with the hiring practices and diversity in nFL hiring practices as as it applies to head coaches. No one can argue against that. I mean, one out of 32 is just wrong. On its face, it's wrong. Um, he could have taken that case public and nobody would have argued. Um, but now, because of the allegations against the owner of the Dolphins, that, and they are, they are serious allegations. Huge. That, yeah, that the, that the owner came to him and said, hey, I'll give you $100,000 for every game you lose right. because we want to get a better draft pick.
1: Right. By the way, this was in 2019 when they were tanking for Tua. Right. Who they got anyway. But yeah, after after Flores won a bunch of games at the end of the year, including that one against the Eagles. But yes, that that was it. Yes.
0: Yeah, and to to make that part of your uh, case against the league, um, and the case that it's it's going to be, it's a very difficult thing to prove. It's a very difficult thing to, for, to prove because Stephen Ross came out immediately and said that's nonsense. That never happened. Well, until somebody produces some documentation or some collaborative testimony that says, yeah, that, did, that absolutely happened, then it's just one man's word against another, which is a very hard thing to prove in a court of law.
1: Yeah, you're standing on your own. Um, now, yesterday or the day before that, this this is interesting. NFL Network, which is the media operation owned by, among other people, Stephen Ross, right? The owners own it, reported that an unnamed witness heard Ross offer that bribe. Uh, and, a, and a reporter named Cameron Wolf delivered it on the air, and then they posted an article to NFL.com, and then, Ray, by yesterday night, the article was gone. Hmm. The link is dead. The, the cached stories at NFL.com do not include this story.
0: Hmm. hmm. Well, you know, it's, there's always the possibility that someone could have heard something, or you could have someone, a coach that was on Flores' staff, uh, come forward and say, "Yeah, Brian came in and told us as a staff. Do you believe? You won't believe this, yeah. but the owner just called me in his office and said he wants us to lose. He wants us to lose these games, and he's let willing me, to give me clarify me a, this yeah.
1: report. This report on NFL Network, by the way, I'd love to get. You think Cameron Wolf's giving interviews right now? I'm guessing not.
0: Probably not."
1: Cameron Wolf's wondering if he's going to be employed in another day. Anyway, this report that he that he filed said a witness said he heard Ross offer the Flores the deal, so not secondhand. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know where it goes. We do agree. If this proves to be credible, Brian uh, brian ross, he's the he's the correspondent. Stephen Ross has to sell the team, has to get out, right? right. Yeah. Right. I mean this is not like we fine the owner. We suspend the owner. I mean they the NFL is, you know, the way they let Daniel Snyder get away with nonsense forever. They can't. This is one you're you're this is Donald Sterling. See you later.
0: Yeah, you would think so. Oh, um gosh. it certainly should be. With I mean without even I mean that's not that's not even a hard decision to make. I mean that's not even one that we have to that the owners all have to get together and really debate it. I mean you can't possibly you can't possibly have him still in the fraternity if he's willing to do something like this. Um, yeah. Donald Sterling was forced out by his, by his brothers and the, uh, the owners and uh, appropriately, but this, yeah. Th- I mean, this cannot possibly stand it, but it's going to be very, it's going to be very hard to prove. My, mm-hmm. But my only concern is, and this may be, uh, you know, maybe totally, uh, unlikely to be true. And, I. Uh, but I, I, I worry that that's going to become the story, that, you know, is is yeah. is, is Flory, the Flores-Ross thing is liable to become the bigger story, trying to prove it or disprove it, that this really happened, uh, to the point where the larger issue, which is the hiring practices in the league as it applies to coaches, becomes obscured.
1: I you know? agree, and part of that is because the hiring discrimination against black coaches has been going on forever. So this is just kind of the the latest volley of a story that's not new. The other one is I mean, when's the last time we had an owner throwing games? Yeah. A, that is a big story. Yeah. The other one's a larger societal ongoing issue, but this is the explosive story. This is this is the sexier story.
0: Yeah, I think that the way Flores and his attorneys have gone about this, uh, is what that what they've done is to put this out there. And it's basically they're just going to sit back now and see who else steps forward and stands with him. I think that's part of it. I, you know, it's, are, they, are the other coaches who have obviously felt, and rightly so, aggrieved by the NFL's hiring practice over the years, are they willing to put their careers on the line to stand with him? Um, or are they just going to let him fight this fight alone? Yeah. You know that they put he put this out there for a reason, and it wasn't that he wanted it. He wanted to be, he wanted to be the sole guy that was going to fight this fight.
1: No, I'm sure he doesn't want.
0: To. I mean, he's you know he did this with the idea that okay, listen, we've all talked about this among ourselves. We all know what we're up against. We all know how real this is. How many of you guys will stand with me if I make this case? Yeah,
1: let's rally round. Yes, you know the players have to get louder about it too. I don't know what that would do. I don't know what impact that would have. But if, if, I'm a, if I'm a player in the NFL, again, the league is
0: 70%
1: black players. Uh, and that, that certainly sticks in the craw.
0: Sure. And if there was a lot of that among other coaches and among players of prominence uh, and former players who have real stature, Hall of Famers, uh, if a whole bunch of those guys come all step forward and stand behind Brian Flores, then this thing takes on real this thing takes on real substance yeah you know yeah. then you know then you just can't dismiss it with a press release all right. one and more I think thing. that's what I think that's what Flores is you know I think he put this out there and then he was sort of going to step back and say all right guys who's with me on this yeah and we're you know and frankly a week later you're still waiting pretty quiet
1: uh, one more thing uh, and this relates to the the uh, Stephen Ross thing can we just agree can we get a consensus the tanking is an evil entity in sports the tanking occurs way too much we went through a prolonged period of in this town I know there are people who still swear by it the Sixers are what they are been eliminated in the second round just as they were before the process I don't know that I really want to relitigate the process but I just think that tanking has become far far too acceptable in sports and so that the outrage that I would have over a Stephen Ross thing, it's probably just gets a shrug from half the population. Yeah, sure. He wanted a better draft pick, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I think tanking is one of the most destructive things that's going on in sports these days. It's obviously, not just the NBA; it's the NFL, and it's gone on in the NHL in the past. Um, the Houston Astros did it and it worked for them. So I'm not even saying that it doesn't always work, but I just think it's it's I think it's evil and corrosive, and that's my opinion, Ray.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, if if Stephen Ross really wanted to go down that road, um, just hire a really bad coach. Yeah, that was his problem. (laughs) And don't
1: yeah. Ryan uh, Flory says, "Buddy Ryan would say, fired for winning."
0: Yeah, don't just just hire, you know, just bring Rich Kotite out of retirement and make him your coach. (laughs) And then I could save you the hundred grand. you don't have to bribe him at all. he'll just go out and lo- <laughs> he'll just go out and lose games. Oh, this is bizarre yeah, yeah i mean if that's if that's really if, if as an owner that's what you that's what you're going for that you you want to lose all these games so you get the top draft pick, then don't hire a coach who wants to win and knows how to win, and then tell him, okay now, but now yeah I, but I want you to lose. Just go hire a loser and he'll yeah. lose for you. And you can and you can and all that money you were going to give them you can save and have it yeah. taken you know and put another uh, put another helicopter on your yacht.
1: You know, so many of our listeners don't remember Rich Kotite in that era and what it was about, and I, I don't even know how to describe it for those who don't recall that that era because he did win some games. I mean he. He's the guy who broke the, the streak where they hadn't won a playoff game in forever. He actually beat the Saints in a playoff
0: game, and he left. He has a higher winning percentage than Doug Peterson, I his know. Eagles coach.
1: I know, but but all that said, Ray, just if you could quickly describe what what he was like, both as a coach and as a personality.
0: Uh, it, it was just it was clearly overmatched as a head coach. Um, I actually think as an offensive coordinator, he wasn't terrible. Um, yeah, well, that I'm, happens. The I mean the best year that Randall Cunningham had prior to his MVP year in Minnesota. The best year that Randall had uh in Philadelphia was the year that Richie was the offensive coordinator. Richie actually did did good things coaching the offense. Yeah, and Randall hated him. Yeah, but he yeah. got got a lot out of him. I mean yeah. that that year was a uh, was a really really good year. Um Rich knew offense. Um but he was way over his head as a head coach and had um you know, had problems and, and following buddy was a tough act too because Buddy had the undying loyalty of all those defensive players, and Rich could never win those guys over. Right, so he he walked, he walked into a split locker room that was never going to come together. So that was a challenge in and of itself. But in the role of an offensive coordinator, Rich, was, Rich wasn't too bad. But as a head coach, he was the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time.
1: Yeah, no doubt. 215 uh, 592 We'll come back. We'll take your phone calls. And Ray... I want to talk about potentially the worst name of a sports franchise that I can ever recall. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It happened this week. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. Ray Dindger, Glenn Mac.
2: now. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Over here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.